Welcome to episode 39 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Castify, your mama's house, your baby daddy's house, tune in and Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What up, y'all? All right, Nye. What are we calling this episode? Oh, Lord. It's a fire. Bye, y'all. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to shout out to our listeners in Australia. I think we shouted them out last year week, but yeah, we're gonna. We they are like heavy listening out there. So shout out to y'all. We see you. Hey. All right. So right into the ratchet minute. What we got, girl? I I think we just need to kick this off with this fire fraud mess. <laughs> this festival. <laughs> so Netflix and Hulu, they both did documentaries. They both were featured. Uh, Within days of each other. Um, so they documented this whole fire um, music festival that was put on by Billy Farland and Ja Rule. And girl, it was a mess. I remember when um, when it all hit the fan and I was mm-hmm. watching on social media. I hadn't heard of it before, but these two documentaries in tandem, you have to watch both of them. Okay. They just, they... Like the mastermind of Billy Farland, he is like a master manipulator. It was just inc- incredible what he did. So <laughs> it was just what was it? Because I, I saw the first documentary, the one on Netflix. I was watching mm-hmm. it. Just the 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 so audacity how, of white privilege, right? That that's what it should have been called. The aud- so what happened? So Billy Farland and Ja Rule, they met somehow. I guess Billy Farland uh, wanted to contact Ja Rule about performing at an event. And they came together and they, you know, I guess they kind of clicked and they decided to um, create an app where it's almost like a tender for performers. So if you want to book a certain performer, you kind of, you know, um, offer them whatever amount of money they accepted and then they perform at your um, at your event. So that was the beginning of their relationship, their business relationship. And then um, what they did to promote the app is Billy created this music festival that was to be held in the Bahamas on a private island that was owned by... Um, Didn't he purchase the island? Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> what? Okay. Monopoly money? All around. <laughs> no. So the, the, the original... Um, festival was supposed to be held on Pablo Escobar's island that he owned before. He doesn't own it now, but that was the intent of it, but that didn't happen. So they moved it over to another island and just the, the string of events of what happened and all the moves he made to actually supposedly put this event on. It was just incredible. It was incredible how he just manipulated people. He had people working for free. He was getting millions. I think he he got like $25 million from different investors to kick this thing off. And girl, these people were promised um, yoga on the beach, trampoline, sea bobbing, like all these musical acts that were supposed to perform art, food. There was supposed to be a million dollar uh, treasure hunt. <laughs> with real jewels <laughs> hitting around the island. <laughs> the accom- like he promoted these, like the accommodations were going to be these villas, like steps from the beach. One bedroom villas on the beach. Girl, steps, private catered, p- chartered planes. Girl, a mess. And what these people got were, uh, were tents. <laughs> FEMA which, tents. Which were flooded out. Yeah. FEMA tents that were flooded from the rain and cheese. Wait, did you say FEMA tents? (laughs) (laughs) 
with cheese sandwiches and the cheese wasn't even melted. <laughs> Girl, the hilarity of it, of the, the biggest, the funniest thing about it is seeing these very privileged white kids going, you know, thinking they're going to have this extravagant experience. And they're getting there and they're like, what? Is going on. what the what the entire fuck? Bro. That's what their faces were were like when they when they pulled up on the on the school bus. On the school <laughs> bus, like what <laughs> is this? So <laughs> the Bahamian drop bus driver, mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, y'all are in for a surprise." <laughs> <laughs> You have to see this to believe it. Girl, and these people spent like thousands of dollars to oh, go attend. MD. To attend, oh. and he 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 just girl. Mm-mm-mm. So, Mm-mm-mm. Wait. so can I? T- it was first of all when I had a girlfriend come over and she's like, "Have you seen the fire fraud documentary?" I'm like, "Well, you know, who would take the time to watch it?" She was like, "You just have to see it. Yeah, you have to, see it to believe it." And <laughs> truth be told, that was I. I got Netflix. I, that ten dollars I pay you every month. Ten ninety nine worth every penny watching the shit. First of all, there was a part in the documentary, the one on Netflix, where there was a guy that was flying the private jets. (laughs) And he said he had learned to fly by downloading a flight simulator app. And these motherfuckers got on a plane with him. I'm like, on it. Did you see LaBamba? Did you see it, girl? Uh-oh. No way. Then I was like, oh, okay, this is where we at. Um... My Jaru was just—he was, you know—he was just clowning it. I, 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 dude was was such a clown to me the whole thing. And there was a there was a part where, you know, they were having a round table after the disaster of the whole event had taken off. And one of the guys was like, you know, he said the problem is like we lied to everybody. We lied to all the people. Mm-hmm. Jaru goes, "Quote: That's not fraud. It's false advertising." <laughs> Um, that is what fraud is. That and that is, is like what fraud is. Okay. The textbook definition of what fraud is. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> so this guy, Billy, um, you know, like he actually, he had started that Magnesis credit card. It was like, kind of like a membership credit card, like with networking and, you know, they did parties. I know like Dipset was, he had like Dipset always at these, at these parties. So he started off with this company, which I'm understanding, you know, even that the idea was was great. I even think the idea of this whole fire festival was great because really was supposed to be like an advertising outlet for this app, like you were mm-hmm. talking about, that would allow you to book talent just through the app. Great idea. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is everybody was pretty much saying was that this guy Billy was a liar and he was like like delusional. Like he started mm-hmm. losing his mind. And the idea of lying to everybody, I mean, when they talked about having the one bedroom villas on a beach, Girl. They, said, they said they don't even exist. And Billy was like, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to set up a tent and put um, cats in there. <laughs> and he promoted it as a private island. And they, they took like part of a, it was the part that where they were going to be was the tip part of the Sandals Island <laughs> resort. They photoshopped the, the bottom half of the island out. <laughs> Yo, when I say there was another part, I was just like, I I can't believe this. So they were talking about 
they needed to bring the Avion water onto the island. First of all, this island, this piece had no water. It had no electricity. It had nothing. So they bought $175,000 worth of Avion water for this crowd. And they had a problem with customs to bring the water into the island. Mm -hmm. So Billy told one of his homeboys who happened to be gay, knowing that the head of customs was gay, he was like, yo, I need you to go and take one for the team. And go and suck off the, the head of customs. Mm -hmm. So... This dude is like, he's like, I went home, I I, I put some mouthwash in my mouth. Mm. He's like, and I really, I was going to go have this meeting and talk to the head of customs. And he was like, I was willing to take one for the team to save this fire festival. And it was, it, it just, it got so it crazy. crazy. Like, so he went home, he took a shower and gargled. Like you <laughs> was going to do more than slob. You was, <laughs> you was all in. You was going to do whatever. That I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but he's like, I, I was, I was trying to save this, this festival because... It was so underwater, like the whole thing, how mm -hmm. he has scammed these people out of their money, whether they were, um, you know, supposedly thinking they were coming to the to this concert or his uh, financial backers. Like he had, he had scammed. There was the uh, the part with the the black woman. I felt so bad for her. She said, yeah. um, the, the, the restaurant uh, owner. Right. And she said she was catering a thousand meals a day and letting them stay for free in the hotel. She put $50,000 worth of her life savings is gone mm -hmm. and she lost all this money. She said she never got paid. Yeah. But you know, the good thing about that is someone created a GoFundMe for her. And so she lost, initially she lost 50,000. She, you know, she had to pay her workers, but I think with this GoFund, she got over almost like $150,000 from this. Yeah. GoFund. So she, she's, you know, she's been made whole again, but not by the people who should make her whole. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I saw that. So this was just, I'm telling you, this is, the audacity of white privilege, yeah, how, the, how the whole thing went down. And the, the, I think what makes a difference between the Hulu documentary and the Netflix documentary, like the Netflix, it really went into his the, the madness of his mind of how, you know, every time he created there was a problem with money, he would just go and create something else that, to generate money. From, you know, from people, yeah. like, it, just, it just wouldn't end. It just would not end. And, and the thing, the links that he went and he just didn't care. He did not care. And that's the part. I mean, I, I, I think what they did was they shone a light on. He he really was a genius. You know, they said he's a he's a master marketer. He's a great salesman. But that genius became delusion, delusions of grandeur. And like it's like a sickness. Like it 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 started out. I thought, like I said, it was a great idea. Like, this is great. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, why they were talking about like people, there, there were investors that were investing in Coachella that wanted to pull their money out of Coachella and invest in this fire mm -hmm. fraud, that fire thing that they had no, you know, had never happened before. That's how, that's how great this whole marketing scam was. And at the end of, I don't know if it was the Hulu documentary or Netflix, but at the end he was like, well, you know what, we can just use this promote, we can kind of flip it and just promote, you know, use it to promote our festival in 2018. <laughs> like, what? I'm man, there was I'm just it was so many gems from this whole thing. There was a part where they were saying that the organizers that they ended up they were having like hits out on their lives and they had to go and hide and hiding mm -hmm. on the island and seeking shelter because people was coming after them <laughs> on the island. And and then they should have. They should have. That is insane. That's insane. part of me is like it's it's funny because it happened to like these elite, you know, people, you mm -hmm. know, who, you know. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, I've I've actually met people who are 
like him who have like this tinge of narcissism mm -hmm. who are these these huge manipulators and you know if you megalomaniacs i know right, and you can you can they can really pull you in with their stories and with you know their personality because they're always have this huge personality they're very warm and like welcoming and you mm -hmm. kind of get like caught up in it but then once you step back and start thinking like you know one plus one is not equal in two right now you know yeah. <laughs> they tell all these stories and their stories never match, you know, but it's very hilarious. Oh man. So, so what's the outcome of this now? Cause I, I know that the lawsuits, I mean, he's like, yeah, he's got like eight different lawsuits. There was one lawsuit that was a um, action lawsuit too. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one that was brought against him for a hundred million dollars. And this, I guess it's one of the guy, one of the people um, that bought tickets. His name is uh, Daniel Jung. Um, I, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure, but I believe this is the one who he tweeted the picture of the cheese sandwich, which went viral. <laughs> Girl, this dude, he's suing everybody. He's suing. So before to kick off like the promotion for this um, festival, he had like all these supermodels come and do like promotional videos. This guy, Daniel Chung Jung is is suing everybody. He's suing the models. <laughs> like, everybody going down. Everybody. Ooh, it's just yeah. Mm. But Billy Down, he's serving a six-year sentence for for wire fraud, so he is in jail. But I'm I'm pretty sure once he gets out, there's gonna be something else that he's in the news for for scamming people. Yeah. Yeah, because on the Hulu uh, documentary, they kind of went into his childhood. He's been scamming people since he was in kindergarten. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was this girl who, um, in his class whose crayon broke, and he created this business where he would, um, how, what did they say? They were like these little uh, mini uh, typewriter pads that they had that were connected to the internet. And so somehow he hacked into it as an elementary kid. Get out. He hacked into it, so every time the um, the teachers would log into it, it would say, "If you want your crayons fixed, contact Billy Farland." So he had like this crayon fixer business. Like if you stop it, if you if you're coloring with your crayon and it breaks, he could fix it for you for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude has been scamming people for a long time. He's just perfected. He's getting better and better at it. I don't know. It's something you you have to like admire it a little. You know, it's just like. To me, it's like the drug dealers, the hustlers on the street that never get caught. It's like, if you would just take that savvy business sense and put it into something upstanding, mm -hmm. you would do wonders, you know, because you have this great mastermind of a mind. Um, you know what else he did? I think this was on the Hulu documentary. So after all this was done, he got arrested. I think he was out on probation. He used the email addresses that he he had gotten from the fire Festival and created a whole nother business. So people were receiving these emails from this company. Um, I forget the name of it. From this company that were promising you tickets to like the Met Gala, you know, tickets to see Beyonce, tickets to see Hamilton. And he like, he would, you know, he, you so you buy these tickets, and at the last minute, you know, he's on StubHub trying to get tickets for these people. You know, it was just crazy. It was just insane. <laughs> insane. Oh, he is okay. Mm. Yeah, so he's in jail right now. So it's just, a, you know, it's a white collar crime. So he's probably it sure is. Cause let let that have been a black man. Mm -hmm, what? Girl. Girl, you wouldn't even gotten that far. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it goes right back to a couple episodes when we talked about the Nigerian scam. 
<laughs> it was a white man in Louisiana. White man in Louisiana. <laughs> hmm. Oh, this is your Nigerian prince. <laughs> is this your king? <laughs> oh, oh Lord! All right, moving. Moving on. Where are we at? Um. So I just wanted to, not really a ratchet, but but kind of ratchet, because she is the queen of ratchet for the most part. But Wendy Williams, I just want to first just say, you know, I hope she gets well, whatever she's going through, personal um, get through. So, you know, she like left her show. We don't know when she's coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, the rumors was that her husband was cheating, which I mean, I think that was more or less confirmed. I mean, do we, I think, I think we all, knew. that was like the worst kept secret. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has a woman that he keeps on the side, you know, whether it's okay between them or not. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's, it's the truth. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, she tried to talk, shut that talk down in terms of, like, the infidelity of Kevin. You know how she talks? She's like, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So, um, so a couple of weeks ago, did you see that one of the episodes where she came on the show and she had a sling on her arm and her, her shoulder was broken and she was just kind of off? Yeah, I, remember I didn't see the episode. But remember when I was at your house and we were watching, I was like, this is weird. I, I haven't seen her in years just because my schedule doesn't really allow me to watch her. But I'm like, she is very off. Like, yeah, you did off. say it, and and yeah. she confirmed it because she said, you know, she apologized. I think it was a show with the locks, and she was just saying, you know, she was kind of off. So at first, she was. Then she said she was taking some time off to heal for her shoulder. Then she was taking a couple weeks off because her Graves' disease. Now it is, I guess, you know, it's in limbo as to when she will ever come back. However. Kevin's mother, own mother, said she has witnessed Kevin choking Wendy and pushing her down flights of stairs. So that kind of blows up, you know, Wendy Williams trying to keep it private as to what's going on between her and her husband because his own mother's putting him on blast. So yeah, yeah. Whew, what do you think of that? Um, you know, I never, I know she, she's kind of the, the queen of ratchetness and people don't like her because she's always all up in other people's business and, and kind of telling their secrets and things they want to keep private. So, um, but even, you know, with that being said, I always found it entertaining. I loved her on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up with her on the radio. I love watching her. WBLS, Hot 97. Yes. But, you know, I hope she gets her life together, gets, you know, gets her personal things together. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's hard when you're going through a tough, you know, um, part of your relationship and it's, it's so private. I mean, it's so public, mm-hmm. you know, you want to keep it private. And then if she's having this, you know, if he is, you know, abusing her, she definitely got to get out of that situation. So take the time you need, Wendy, come back, but take mm-hmm. the time you need and get yourself yep. together. We, we do. We send you love. All right. Okay. Moving on. Where are we? All right. So we are at the woke minute. The kitten heels moment of the show. <laughs> kitten heels and blazers. <laughs> <laughs> And we're so, still laughing about it. Mm. I know. Sorry. One day we'll get together. All right. So, you know, I want to talk about Chris Brown. Um, earlier this week, he was arrested in Paris. Um, he and two other people were arrested in, for uh, in Paris for a rape allegation. Apparently, some woman who had been invited up to his um, hotel room accused him of rape. So he and these other two people were detained. And um, so, you know, the internet exploded. You know, it was all over everywhere about, you know, yeah. he's been accused of rape, charged with rape, whatever. But, you know, a couple of days later, um, he was released with no charges. The woman came on, um, was on social media saying that it wasn't him. It was his, you know, whoever 
is a part of like his his team. It was two of those people that that did it. He wasn't involved, so they let him go with no charges. He actually is going to sue this person for defamation of character. I did hear that. Yeah, which I, I, he should because you know rape is serious. You know there there are people, men and women who who are who are being raped. You know, um, and it's not it's nothing to play with. You you know you can ruin someone's life with a false accusation. This is um, this is true. This is yeah. True. So just want to talk about that, and I think I, it's still problematic. So I was on um, the internet the other day, and Huffington Post had posted the um, you know the story about him, and the 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 picture they used was a mugshot. And this is after mm -hmm. he was released, after he no, there were no charges brought. And I'm like, why yeah. are you using this picture? You know, there's so many other pictures that you can use. You just, you know, just by right. looking at this picture in the headline, the headline was kind of misleading. You know, you, you're automatically gonna, gonna assume that he did it. You know, he, you know, he raped this woman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which, which I think when you when you do that, and you know, I have my views on on rape, rape. There's the rape culture, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But when the media does that, which is, you know, you you assume he's a celebrity, so you make him out as a criminal, and you're actually you know, you are fueling that whole MAGA argument that, you know, uh, men should be in fear of being accused, falsely accused of rape and it, it just just that whole cycle. But I, to me, by doing that, because you're you're making him out. Plus, he's a black man. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's already, um, you know, guilty until proven innocent for black men in this in America, unfortunately. Um but I did want to speak on um, in light of Chris Brown and, you know, I think just understanding the allegations of or false allegations of rape. And, you know, they have I've read some of the uh, statistics on it. And what they're saying is that it's, it's very rare. It's less than one percent um, that a false accusation of rape um, is actually made. Um, because there's also a difference between unfound, you know, when police do investigations, there's unfounded, which doesn't necessarily mean that um, the rape didn't actually happen. It means that the victim, likely the woman, she retracted her story. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, so there's a difference between unfounded and false, where it's just there's there's no evidence to prove it. What um, my research, what I've understood is that when you have a false allegation, usually the the circumstances of it or the story, it's so sensational. And that's how um, investigators, you know, the police, and when they, when doing in the investigation, those are the facts that you, what you're hearing and what you see. Like typically a story of, of rape does not have the level of violence that people normally believe that it does. Mm -hmm. So when it, you know, when it sounds false, it's because it's, it's, it sounds so sensational. That's what, that's what I understand. So, um, you know, my default is always to believe the woman, you know, regardless, but also, I think we are at a place in in the society in light of, you know, Kavanaugh, we watched the whole trial, the Blasey Ford Kavanaugh um, testimony, um, where this man is now the Supreme Court judge. Uh, we've, this is not, I, is this the first time that Chris Brown has been accused? I mean, we have our, our celebrities, they're always accused one way or another. And I think this just really calls for us to not jump to conclusions, you know, about whether an allegation of sexual assault actually happen. I think we um, need to look at them individually. Right. You know, right. Um, you know, and that's instead of kind of jumping to conclusions. And that's what we always that's what we that's what we do. We really need to understand the facts and look at it. I still say, you know, be skeptical, mm -hmm. but 
you know, before jumping some jumping to conclusion, really look at whether the allegations ring true to you. You know, I, you know, just kind of intuitively. Does and that make wait. sense? And wait, you know, right. and wait. Don't just don't jump on the bandwagon of um of these accusations just because you read about it or someone's telling you about it. Just kind of wait to, to see. You know, until there's more um, evidence or more facts or more stories that come out, you know, about right. the issue. And and I think it's important for society to kind of, um, you know, forget about that whole. There's an argument, and it's just a very old and tired argument that if the rape is not reported immediately, that it didn't happen. That's that's um, that's false. <laughs> yeah, that 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 does a huge disservice um, to. And I'm saying women, even though men, it, it can happen to men, but. For the most part, we're talking about women, but just letting go of that. That's a that's an old way of thinking. And we still a lot of, you know, a lot of our society still has that. So it's like, well, you know, why didn't you report it? Why? Why didn't you report it immediately? So that, right. you know, that's a problem. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I look at a lot of these women's rights movements, you know, I'm I am. I'm a, I'm a feminist with explanation. That's how I, I look at myself because I don't believe that you should just automatically jump on the bandwagon of, you know, whenever there is, you know, without hesitation, without looking at the facts, you know, everything mm -hmm. is not about, you know, misogyny. Everything is not about, you know, violence or, or disrespect of, of women or of black mm -hmm. women. You have to be able to look at the facts individually. Um, and like you said, like, wait, take, you know, take some time, really understand what, what's going on instead of jumping to conclusion. Yeah. That's all. You know, I, I, out of this, I just, I hope that Chris Brown would just kind of, you know, move a little differently. Um, Cause it, you know, I, I just don't feel as if he, um, and I don't know him and just, just, this is just me on the outside looking in, but I just don't think he moves in a cautious way. I think he puts himself in positions where things like this can happen. And if you're a superstar and has the track record and, and the history that history that he has, you have to be extra careful about things like this happening, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we, I don't, we don't know the full story, what exactly happened. And I don't know if it was a, a blessing or what, that he was actually in Paris and this, this didn't happen in the States because God knows how it could have been handled had it been on this side of the, you know, of the ocean. So mm -hmm. he might've been very lucky that it happened the way that it happened in Paris where, you know, I guess after questioning, they, they let him go after, I guess, looking at the evidence without, you know, here he's a black man and he's a celebrity and he's had run-ins with the law plenty times in the past so already time time again no they already ready for him so yeah. i think he was very um lucky in that sense that it didn't happen over here but you're right i mean just you know being smart and being mindful because like you said the first thing that and that's what i saw when i when they showed pictures of chris brown it was his mug shots mm -hmm. even after they had already said that he was that all charges were dropped that he was not charged with anything. You're seeing pictures of him in a in a jail in a, in a jail. Yeah, you know, shot. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they always we we've seen that so many times in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if it's someone is uh, black accused of something uh, or in the news, they 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 choose the worst picture ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time oh, for that. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. All right, moving on. Where are we at? Moving on. So I just kind of really want to touch on um, Kamala Harris. She is uh, running for president. She, you know, she threw her hat in the bid on uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. So she's in the running for the president, uh, for the presidency. Um, just yeah. to kind of give her some you background. Believe? Do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> her father is from, so 
actually some birthers are coming out, coming for her now her, because her father's from Jamaica. Her mother is from India, but she was born in California. She was, so she was born in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. But I believe that there is some sort of law that says that your parents have to have been here for at least five years um, before you were born for you to be eligible to run for this office. I'm not cl too clear on that, but that's I don't know about that one. Yeah, I read that somewhere. But anyway, she's a graduate of Howard University. Um, she is, I, I think she's an AKA, maybe a Delta. Uh, she's in one of those sororities. But um, she has a strong stance on strengthening the prison industrial complex, which is interesting. Um, please, please explain. I didn't know that. Yeah. So she is, you know, just like people, she was a prosecutor, you know, before this. But she is, you know, she was, she's for, um, you know, for the private prisons privatization um, of prisons really yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so the the state of california was ordered to reduce overcrowding and she argued against it because the state would lose wage force if some of those non uh violent offenders were released from prison um they would lose that free labor so she you know she fought against that and really? i also read that she is said to be anti-sex work because she repeatedly sued backpage despite the sex workers advocating to keep the backpage um you know active because it kept mm -hmm. them safer on the streets so she has an interesting history so wow um i'm gonna kind of read you know some more about her um and you know honestly what it what it really comes down to this is very early in in um in the campaign, who knows who's going to be left standing in the end. So you just kind of wait and see who's, you know, who's the last two men standing or two women standing or whoever standing. And you kind of take your, you know, your picks from there. But there's also been a couple other people who have been rumored to want to run. Um, Cory Booker, he was mentioned before. I don't know if he's officially um, put his hat in. Um, I read somewhere that Hillary Clinton wanted to run again. Um, Elizabeth Warren. So there are a couple of uh, rumors of people who want to, um, you know, be a part of this campaign so we'll see okay so yeah I, and i think we, yeah this isn't this will be an ongoing conversation for us here because i didn't i need to be um educated on her stance on a lot of these issues i mean it is very early on and you know when the dust settles there's yeah. gonna be a lot of dust then you know we'll 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 know where we stand but um this is very interesting mm -hmm. i did read something on the lighter note they were like she gonna um <laughs> She's gonna announce her presidency in a fashion over cast suit. <laughs> All right, you know what? That fashion over fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Don't say nothing bad now about no fashion over. I need to get some of these fashion over coins. Girl, I'm about Everybody to get my outfit for um for Super Bowl weekend in Atlanta. I'm Everybody gonna spend $75. Okay? I got a fashion over deal now. Everybody got a deal. Oh, come on, fashion over. Let me tell you. We can be some ambassadors. <laughs> Send me all my bodysuits. Bro, body I'm never mad. I am never mad. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. like animal print. Send <laughs> that shit over here. Oh, I, I like cheetah cat suits too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can wear my, my kitten heels with that. <laughs> please, please, thank you. <laughs> mm, this is supposed to be the woke. Come on now. Oh, it is. Sorry. Shit. <laughs> Ooh, bringing All it right. back. Where are we at? Mm. All right. So, another real quick. You know, Spike Lee is, I hold a, a real special place in my heart for Spike Lee because he had run in the 90s for me. There's yes. no one that can top it. He had some of the best movies, some of my favorite movies. You know, he either. 
I don't know if he wrote them, but he directed them. Um, his right, his writing is a little questionable, but mm -hmm. his director skills yes. are amazing. Um, so, um, last year, um, there was a movie that came out that he directed called Black uh, Klansman, and I don't know, did you go see it? You know, I did not. Okay. So it was a true story based on the 2014 memoir of um, Ron Stallworth. And he was um, a detective in the Colorado Springs Police Department. And he infiltrated the local chapter of the KKK. So what he did is what he called the office and he started speaking to Walter Breachway, who's like the president of that branch. And so he would be the voice talking to him over the phone. But then he recruited one of his um, another detective, uh, a Jewish worker, co-worker, uh, Flip Zimmerman, to act as him uh, as the act to be him in person. Right. It was, it was really it's, it's a documentary kind of movie. It's, it's, a, it's a you know true movie, but it was done in a comedic kind of way. OK. Um, and it was it was really good. And the interesting part about it, what I love is that um, Denzel Washington's son actually starred in it. I do love him. Yeah. Jonathan, is his name John? What's his John name? David Washington. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Shorty. Yeah, Shorty. he is short. I saw him uh, a couple years ago. I, I met him, and he's he's we, we were kind of eye to eye. But he's he's really handsome. I think he's like super handsome. But mm -hmm. uh, so, congrats to um, Spike Lee. He was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. And this is long overdue because he should have won for you know Max. This is long overdue. Long overdue. Very good, Spike. Yeah. Love. Okay. All right. Well, where are we at now? We're at the weekend. Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just when I tell you, I love to get here. Okay. All right. So I just want to get into this one. This was very interesting. We got a question from a listener, and it was more or less like a uh uh an IG chat. So um, everybody, you can always hit us up on Instagram. It's TwizPod, T-W-I-S-P-O-D. Um, and you can send us questions for the weekend. -y. So this one was more or less a conversation. So here is what we got. It is, it says, it's 2019. How do I get rid of this devil dick in my life? <laughs> so... Um, in conversation with this, with our lovely listener, what I, I'm understanding is um, she, she has a friends with benefit. Uh, it's a friends with benefits kind of uh, situationship. Um, she says, you know, they really have like the best time together. Then she told him that she loved him. And he told her that he basically didn't feel the same and that he wanted to continue to keep it casual. So they are, have been continuing their, you know, they go out with uh, mutual friends. They hang out a lot. They always, they're always having a good time. Pretty much nothing has changed the level of uh, the relationship. Um, but for now, she's, she's, uh, she's really caught feelings. So, and she calls it the devil dick because no matter what, <laughs> she needs <a> life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she has come to us. You know, because we're experts in this field to ask us <laughs> our opinion <laughs> for our expert advice. So now I'm going to let you take this one. Um, Devil D, are we with it? Are we with it or are we not? So are you asking me, should she continue to this situation? I think what she's saying is it's the new year. And if this person is not going to commit, which it kind of sounds like that's what 
it's going to be. It's this is going to be this friends with benefit thing for for the long role for the long term. That's not what she's with. But the dick is so um, uh, hypnotizing, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yes, the the dickmatization is is so real. It's very hard for her lately to move on. Oh, should she move on? Yeah. Well, you know what? These situationships and friends with benefits, it's it's always a tricky situation because no matter how it starts out, no matter what the agreement is, if there is an agreement, someone always is going to catch feelings. Someone's always going to mm-hmm. have more feelings than the other person. So it's really important for these kind of um in these kind of relationships to really be upfront about what you want, what you're expecting, uh, what you're looking for, so that you know you, you both are on the same page. Now, but we've passed that. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, what I feel, what do I feel? <laughs> Are you, can, because, can we draw from personal experience? Of course. All of, all of my, um, <laughs> advice is from personal experience. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you know, what I would do is really kind of pull back. I'm not saying completely like cut this person off and don't deal with them because there is, um, regardless of whether this is going to be your long-term boo or your forever boo, there is, you know, you have feelings for them and there is a relationship, even though people don't like to say, I'm not in a relationship, any kind of exactly inter- interpersonal uh, dealings you have with somebody is a relationship. Thank you know? you. There's, there's just levels to it. So, um, you know, if he's not on the same page, but you still enjoy his company and you feel he's a good person, he doesn't, um, you know, cause you any malice, you know, he has a, a good heart and you, you know, you enjoyed his company. I don't see a problem with stopping that. I just think you just have to reset your expectations of what this relationship is going to be. Yeah. And, and I totally and wholeheartedly agree with you. Number one, it's always a relationship. It's just the level of that relationship. So, you know, same thing. I hate when people, oh, you know, I'm not in a relationship. I don't want a relationship. Like, nigga, this is what it is. So, mm-hmm. number one, that's that's what it is. Let's call it for what it is. And then you can move on and say, well, you know, what what level is it? Now, what I my advice for all of my homegirls, everybody, because I, we've all been through this, is, you know, with men, our communication is a, is a little different. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that man, he could do all them boyfriendy stuff with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he might take you around as friends. He might do all of these great relationship things. He, y'all are relationship goals on the outside. Mm-hmm. But he tells you that he does not want a committed relationship. And that's not where he is. That's not where his mind is. You better fucking believe him. You better believe it for real. Better believe it. I don't care mm-hmm. how he, how he, how he acts. I don't care what, where he takes you. I don't care who he takes you around. I don't care what he whispers in your ear after he mm-hmm. didn't told you that he does not want the full on relationship because for that man, that's his disclaimer, mm-hmm. you know, justified and everything that comes after that. Because but I told knows. you, I told you I wasn't this. I told you I wasn't that. <laughs> that I, that, that's not what I wanted. So, and then, you know, un, unfortunately, our hearts are not set up that way. Our, how our hearts are set up is when you show me, when you create that environment where I feel safe and I feel secure, no matter you told me that you got a whole bunch of stuff going on on, on, on the other end, and that's not really what you, what you want to be. I'm, I, I'm buy into the, the picture that you painted for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the communication breakdown for men and women because our hearts 
are are listening to how we feel, right? right. And mm-hmm. not listening to what that nigga said mm-hmm. out of his own two big fat lips. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> And this is how we we end up disappointed, and it's it's unfortunate, you know, because she was even saying something like, you know, I shouldn't have, I, I shouldn't have gave it up, and I shouldn't have did this, and you know, I'm a, I'm a wholehearted believer in find your happiness, you know, mm-hmm. sex is sex, it's it is it's a beautiful thing between two people, but it is an exchange of energy, and you are, you are putting your a blueprint, you know, how they talk about your social blueprint, you are putting your blueprint on that person as he is to you, mm-hmm. so understand it can't if you can't stand that heat then you need to get out the kitchen and that's i mean it it is what it is you know a lot of us are in these situationships and you know there are rules to even those and as long Mm -hmm. as you can keep your heart keep your happiness and keep your heart in a place where you can't be hurt because he did tell you right Right. Mm -hmm. where where he was in the whole in the whole thing you know now now can things change yeah you know I, i firmly believe that you know, a situation, a, a, a relationship can always evolve and it could be something if, you know, sounds like she wants something that's more, that's committed, but she needs to make a decision for her own self. If this right. is not something that you can do because he's already told you. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sad part for me, what I see is like a lot of women is like, you know, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to say? What do I need to get this nigga to see about me so that he would change his mind, even though he told me mm-hmm. where he was? What is it that I can do? You know, and we mm-hmm. do all kind of thing to answer that unanswerable question, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not it you you cannot hinge everything on, you know, if it's just it's not it's nothing it's that you can do. Is you just be you. It's all. On, it's it's about when a man is ready to commit and and take. It's it's all about when he's ready. You can you can you can give the best head. You can give the best sex. You can cook the best. You can clean your house. You can say <laughs> this to him. You can do everything. You can cut this nigga's head. You can do whatever. <laughs> but if he's not ready, it, and it is, and it's no reflection on whether you're a good woman or not. But he's just not ready. You right. know. And it's no. And, and you know, it's almost it. like. You you have to be thankful for his honesty. Exactly. And by you not listening to him when he says that, it's almost like you're disrespecting him. And I know, right. you know, I might take some fire, no pun intended for that. But that's that's the real. Like once you you're not listening to him mm-hmm. because of what he said. Mm-hmm. So now you're disrespecting the the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. You're disregarding what he said and and what his feelings are. And, and you know, I'm, what's really funny is that in my in my later years, I've kind of the roles have been reversed for me and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the one that's saying this is what I do want and I'll run it down and this is what I don't want and I run it down and right. I when I meet when I meet men this is like one of the first conversations because I don't want to be no kind of murky waters no kind of and if you can rock with that then let's go if you can't then we should just kind of go our separate ways because you know in the end if you're not on the same page somebody is going to get hurt you know right so, but anyway, yeah, I, you know, I know she, she called the devil dick and I'm just like, I, girl, you know what? And it, the, the thing about devil dick is that it, it can go a, a different way to devil. dick can put you in a relationship that you ain't want to be in. True indeed. <laughs> You're like, how did I get here? All I wanted Damn, to do was get all I wanted to do was a hot meal and some dick. That's all I wanted. <laughs> 
Now this nigga is trying to merge households. <laughs> Making scrambled eggs with cheese. Why? <laughs> I don't even eat scrambled eggs and cheese. <laughs> this is not what I, I anticipated. <laughs> eat that shit. No, true, true, and true indeed. And I think we have we have all um been to that that church. <laughs> church of the devil dick. <laughs> I'd be like, I have to change my phone number and change my name online. (laughs) Take down my profile pic and shit. Like, I've got to do something. Uh (laughs) I've got to hide from the world for a minute. I need to go on the ground. (laughs) My life is in shambles. (laughs) Reevaluate what's going on here. I need a retreat. This is not. This is not working for me. <laughs> so I know, girl. I know we have yeah, all been there. We, we have. Been we there. have all been there. But like she's saying, it's 2019, and you know, come to the realization that this is not what you want. If this is not what you want, then then keep it moving. And I'm all for you know. You can you can still keep him on the side. You know, yeah. but yeah, open, you, like, open your possibilities. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, I'm, even even if you're not dating any, if, if you know, if it's not a serious relationship, or if it is a serious relationship, or even if you're married, I think your partner, and I don't know if this is a form of manipulation, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I think your partner always needs to know that your shit still pops in the street. Exactly. Like, exactly. Always just, just always keep a little something like just so you know. It's a, it's a, it's always keep him with a just so you know. Just so you just know, so you know. <laughs> just want you to know. Just because I'm here with you right now, I'm still soft and stuffle out here in these streets. Right, right. I'm still dipping it and doing it, and niggas still be on me. So just know. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. <laughs> that that is that's so important too. Like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. don't anybody over here pining away from you for you, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus. <laughs> Let's fix it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do we do we do good? Do we yeah, do we give we some good, good advice? All right. I do want to say a little thing. I know it's it's a little crap, but I have been lately, I have been really into yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this um like epiphany that you have when you when you're doing yoga like certain certain poses and it kind of opens you up and it increases your self awareness mm-hmm. um and it also helps you like clear your mind to get rid of some things that you don't need and you know I've read about it I've heard about it but it's called this like this this release that you have in yoga and like when I say it's real as real mm-hmm. it's so real so through yoga meditation I'm just I'm just telling her one of the things that she can do to kind of clear her mind and make a decision, and it might sound a little hokey and like off the wall, but I'm telling you, yoga and meditation, because it actually, you know, just doing it in, in silence, you know, 13, I do like 15 minutes a, a day. Mm-hmm. Eventually you have this, like this moment of clarity, this like release um, that just gives you like this sense of purpose. And I'm just telling to our dear listener in this particular situation that you're in, you need clarity. And if you can't sit down on anybody's couch, and this is not something to me where you need to talk to a bunch of your girlfriends and everybody got a different opinion, you know, kind of introspect and go inside and figure out what it is for your highest good 
um, what you need for your highest good to achieve. And I, I just yoga and meditation was the is is the route for me. What do you think about that? Yeah, of course. I think um, I think you always need to to be introspective in your everyday life of things that are um, that are going on, just to make sure that you're presenting your best self. Um, you're making the best decisions and that you're not making rash decisions. You're not jumping to conclusions and, and making poor decisions. So definitely, I definitely am a big, you know, advocate of, um, of meditation. And if you want to do some yoga, um, you know, you got to be at one with yourself mentally and spiritually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Moving on. Where are we at? I reminisce. I reminisce. Uh, I love this part. All right. You got the reminisce now. I do. And this was actually kind of inspired. So I just started watching um, um, hip hop, uh, was it growing up hip hop. And I've kind of been addicted to it. I don't really do reality that much, but I kind of really got into it. So who's on it? Huh? Who's on it? I haven't seen it. So I, I I haven't done the Atlanta one, but the, the original one um, is the cast is um, Vanessa and Angela Simmons, Romeo, um, Jam Master J's son, which I can't, he's like here and, you know, he's not on every episode, but he's, you know, he kind of pops in. He's mm -hmm. on it. Um, who else is on it? Uh, Peppa is on it with her daughter, which is a hot mess. Um, is you got me now watch it. Yeah. Pe Peppa's daughter is, is, she's so adorable. Peppa, Lord child. Uh, girl, she mm, all right. Mm -hmm. Every okay. time she's on the screen, I'm like, this is this is such a bad parenting. <laughs> this is really, so girl. I'm like, is this the daughter that she had? Did she have a daughter with Tretch? Yeah, this is the daughter she had with Tretch. Mm -hmm. Wow, I yeah. remember they used to be my neighbors for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, she's adorable, you know. But anyway, sorry. So this reminisce was kind of you know um, inspired by that. I I chose "It's Tricky" by Run DMC. Who is tricky to rock around to rock around to time is tricky. You know, this when this video came out, I was so intrigued. It's, it's so funny how you get fixated on certain things. I used to watch this video all the time. And the Penn and Teller um, magicians, one of them had painted nails. And I he had black there, nails, right? I used to sit there and just be like, why is his nails painted? I don't understand. Girl, I would have whole like thoughts and, and just kind of was why does he have painted nails? But anyway, so this is my um this is my reminisce. It came out in 1987. I was 10 years old and I Oh my gosh, can you can you imagine? Oh my god, because yeah, and I remember, you know my favorite line from the song, and I was 10 years old saying it, it was the one it's like I met this little girly. Her hair, hair was, was kind of curly. Went to her house and busted out. I had to leave her early. <laughs> Girl, isn't it amazing how hip hop is like, uh, like transformed? For real. <laughs> that was like a little nursery rhyme almost. It was. <laughs> Little lullaby. <laughs> yes. But but uh Run DMC, they like, you know, one of the godfathers of hip hop. They have a uh, illustrious history and you know And they the grandpas of hip hop. What they you are. talking about? Well, that too. <laughs> Grandpa paws. <laughs> it's all good though. It's all gravy. But anyway, so that's my reminisce. It's tricky by Run DMC. Excellent, excellent. All right, all right. So we are at the support black businesses segment of the show. Now nah, this should support black business. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> this is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness of products and services made for us by us. Boo boo. 
So this week's um, um, highlight is Slutty Vegan. Their website is sluttyveganatl.com. And they actually started, they're Atlanta-based, and they started out as a food truck business. Um, and they just opened their first brick and mortar um, recently in um in Atlanta, I'll give you that address in a minute. But they have all their the menu. I think they have maybe like ten different burgers, and they're all plant based. And their their wow. menu features burgers like the fussy hussy. Um, <laughs> it's the Impossible Burger, which I've never had, topped with vegan cheese, lettuce, onions, okay. pickles, vegan mayonnaise. Um, the Hollywood Hooker Philly. Um, so all <laughs> of the names of their um of their burgers are like some has like a sexual kind of thing to it. So it's a little cute idea. Um, and you're going to Atlanta soon. I think you should probably check it out. I am. I'm going to, if, if you know how all these, um, the Negroes and Negrettes will be, or be out here. So I don't know if I'll be able to get to the truck, but that, that will be my plan to find the slutty vegan, um, mm -hmm. food truck while I'm out in Atlanta, um, supporting black businesses and, uh, not supporting the NFL. Let me see how I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> but this so, would be good. And you know, I like, um, you know, I have just been on this this health kick with, you know, I'm trying to be 75% plant-based food. Mm -hmm. So that, so somebody's like, well, how are you going to do that? I'm like, well, it means like three or four of my meals, I you know, I will have some meat. And I'm trying to phase that out because, you mm -hmm. know, I don't really eat vegetables. But I'm trying. So the mm -hmm. Impossible Burger, I think, is really good. Um, but the only thing for me is, like, it stinks up the house. It, Does like, it? I've never had it. Oh, my God. It has such a strong meat smell that, like, mm -hmm. it's like smoking weed. Like, you smoking the the, the meat. It, it gets into your clothes. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing about it. But it is it is good. I've, um, I like pea proteins as opposed to soy. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to, like, even move away from um, from the soy. But I understand that she has some pea protein. So this is good. I'm going to definitely... Um, try to find the either the just because it's a restaurant and it's a, a food truck, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So their restaurant is at the address is fifteen forty two Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard in Atlanta. The zip code is three zero three one zero. And as of now, their um, schedule is they're closed Monday and uh, Sunday and Monday, Tuesday through Friday. They're open from four p.m. to twelve a.m. and Saturday from four p.m. to one a.m. Their website again is sluttyveganatl.com and their Insta is slutty vegan ATL. Very good. All right. Okay. Very good. Well, we have come to the end of the show. All right. So to all of you out there, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit That's What I'm Saying, the podcast.com to learn more. Send us questions and comments. You can also, y'all, hit us up on IG. We get a lot of IG messages. It's TwizPod, T-W-I-S-P-O-D. Um, but shout us out. Um, slide up in our DMs. We always love that. And of course, not. who do we always shout out? We always, always, always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram. You can also catch him on Twitter. He has a podcast called Hip Hop Now. Um, thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take, take care, y'all.